All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Oilers and Nation After Dark. Early edition, Connor Halley with you here. Aaron Bardato, my producer on the other side. We've also got Zach Lang, Oilers Nation and DFO, who will join us in a couple of minutes here. But of course, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, losers. 6-2 out in Montreal, their last game before the Super Bowl. I think they might want to drown their sorrows and forget about this one and hopefully watch a good game later on today of course we're gonna get to the good the bad the oily in a couple minutes here hello if you're on facebook youtube twitter thank you for tuning in hopefully we can uh, talk our way through this one a little bit of a group counseling session the oilers not a good performance today if you are on youtube make sure you hit that like button and uh, keep those comments coming we'll check in there in a second facebook as well let us know what you think about that game. Overall, not a great performance. Uh, like I said, we will get to the good, the bad, the oily brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. But first, a quick recap of what happened. If you saw the game, you know it was bad and got worse pretty quick for the oil. The first period, Alex Belzeal gets his first goal of his NHL career. That made it one nothing after 20 minutes. Uh, early on in the second, Jordan Harris would get his second goal of the season. Josh Anderson would score in the power play, and all of a sudden, the Oilers were down. 3 nothing. a little bit of life, though. Leon Dreisaitl gets his 30th goal 
to make it a 3-1 game. Great effort by Zach Hyman taking the puck to the net. Leon Dreisaitl gets a tap in. That's exactly what he needed to hopefully get things going uh, when they next play on Wednesday and for the rest of the remainder of the season. Evander Kane would score to make it a 3-2 game. That came after the Oilers could not convert on a 5-on-3 power play opportunity. But unfortunately, Raphael Harvey Pinard would score his sixth goal in the power play uh, with uh, a minute 19 left in the second period. That once again made it a two-goal game, and the Montreal Canadiens would wrap it up from there. Jordan Harris and Christian Dvorak scoring in the third period. Montreal wins three or six to two. And worst news for the Edmonton Oilers right now: Seattle currently leads four-two in their game, and the Vegas Golden Knights up one nothing over the Ducks in theirs. So the Pacific Division, uh, as we expected, it's going to be a tight race down the stretch. Right now, though, let's get to the good, the bad, the oily. Brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. And uh, it's going to be a little bit dark here for the good, the bad, the oily brought to you by Cornerstones Insurance Brokers. Edmonton's premier boutique insurance brokers with over 90 years of success and still growing. Visit cornerstoneins.ca slash nation to get an online tenant or condo insurance quote in just a few minutes and use discount code nation for an exclusive rate. Find out why Cornerstone Insurance Brokers is ranked amongst the best in Alberta. And for the good, the bad, the oily, we'll bring in Zach Lang of Oilers Nation and Daily Faceoff. Zach, good afternoon. How you doing? Connor, you know what? I am doing all right. I got to watch some Oilers hockey. It is Super Bowl Sunday. It's going to be a lot worse. Big picture, things are pretty good. But for the good, the bad, the oily, I I said it. I went pretty dark here. It's pretty negative today. And uh, the good news for the good would be that the game's over. And now we can turn our attention to maybe the Super Bowl. Maybe you got to do some errands. Maybe it's a nap. But uh, that that was just one where I think the Edmonton Oilers, I mean, I don't know if they were looking past the Montreal team that was down, you know, 10 starters, lost one of their top defensemen after a fight with Vinny DeArnay. But uh, just just not a good effort overall, Zach. No, it wasn't. It was a rough game. Um, a lot of poor performances out there. Uh, Stuart Skinner hung out to dry multiple times. He didn't look very sharp. Um, there really isn't a whole lot of good that you can draw out of this game. I suppose if you want to try and be an optimist, you, know, you can sit there and say that the others responded well in the second period, I thought. Um, you know, Evander Kane starts that scrum with Arbor Jackeye, and then, you know, big Vinny D comes down and drops the mitts, and the others were able to kind of get some momentum out of it. Um, but it kind of felt almost like it was a little bit too little too late, right? You know, they were down 3 nothing at the time already, and, yeah, you score two, but then you give up three more. Um, disappointing game, to say the least, in a vacuum. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I mean, like you said, you, we could have given the a little props for that little comeback there, scoring two goals, but nah, incomplete. They didn't finish it off, so couldn't give them anything in this one. Uh, the bad... Maybe I'm just being a negative Nelly here, but for the bad, I just had everything. I I don't feel like saying there's a one thing that stuck out over anything else. For the Oilers, it just wasn't a good enough effort. Now, I'll say credit to Montreal. They played a good game. They did what they had to do. They were physical on the Oilers' stars and you know tried to take away as much as they could. They got a good goaltending performance as well, but for the Oilers, nothing stood out to me as, uh, as good, so everything else was just bad. Yeah, again, um, there's not really a whole lot that you can like out of that game. Like like I said, a lot of poor performances. It was just all around a stinker, right? Um, I mean, the Oilers were outshot 7 nothing before the Habs got their first goal of the game. And the Oilers really struggled to kind of muster anything back after that. Um, you know, that first period was really, really ugly. 
and it set the tone for this team. Like we've seen it time and time again. Like if the Oilers don't come out and have a good three or four, five minutes to start the game, it seems like they can never recover um, until, you know, maybe the last 10 or 15 minutes of the game. Uh, that's something we saw again here tonight. And, you know, another slow start, sort of like they did against Philly uh, last week. And you know what? This is how it ends up being sometimes, right? You know, you're not going to win them all, of course. Um, but you'd like to see a, a better performance overall, especially on a, a day like a Super Bowl Sunday where everybody should be excited to to get home and watch the big game and, and spend some time with their friends and family. Um, but what can you do? Uh, I'm just going to add this one in here. Uh, Tristan on YouTube says, Dude, I hate to rag at the end, but I had a bet on the shot prop 63 and a half and missed by two because for four minutes they put two pucks on goal. So Tristan, I'm going to lump that into the bad. Uh, hopefully that's with uh, Betway. 19 plus do so responsibly, but you can have some fun on Betway. Hopefully you took the over. Cause I think that would have been like the, the only way you get some positives out of this one. And for the oily, um, I mean, uh, Zach, I always wonder is if every fan base feels this way, but the Oilers, especially there's always the joke about slump buster or, you know, if someone hasn't scored in a long time, he's going to score. Well, today it was Alex Belzeal. He scores his first ever NHL goal. 31 years old. His journey to the NHL is crazy. East Coast, AHL, all over the place. He's played in seven games this year against the Oilers. Of course, he gets his first ever career goal. Yeah, I mean, it was a nice one too. Credit to him. Uh, you know, that shot was able to find its way into the net. Such a great moment to see. Like, I, it does really feel like the Oilers really struggle to, uh, or, or allow themselves, I suppose, to be slum busters uh, all the time to different players and teams whenever they need to especially the former Oilers thing. That's the one that always confuses me a little bit. The former yeah. Oilers always have good games against the Oilers. But you know what? You look at that Habs lineup, right? They got a number of guys that are out of the lineup. One, two, three, four, five. They got six guys who are regular bodies in their lineup that aren't playing. And you take a look at the the list of, of players that drew in. As you said to me before we kind of started here, when players in the 50s, 60s, or 40s, 50s, and 60s <laughs> start scoring, you know, you got some problems, right? But that's exactly what it was. And I think it was Louis DeBrusque who made the comment on the broadcast, you know, look, these are all guys who are trying to make a name for themselves, right? So it doesn't surprise me to see, uh, you know, a lot of these players coming out to have strong games. You know, Raphael Harvey-Pinard, he was a goal scorer. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, Bill Zeal, he scored as well too, right? Um, who else was there? It felt like there was somebody else. Oh, Jordan Harris, a two-goal performance from him, his second yeah. and third goals of the year. Uh, very fitting to say the least. A guy like Christian Dvorak too hasn't scored a lot of goals this year. Um, finds finds the back of the net with that shorthanded tally. So uh, it, it's a weird phenomenon to say the least. Yeah, I was joking. When guys with number 60, 63, 54 are scoring goals on you, I mean, they're they're typically not usually those counted on goal scorers. I was explaining to my mom, like, you know, yeah, you know, you had Lemieux, you had Nash, I guess Ennis, some guys like the 60s, but Number 60, that's uh, that's definitely a tough one for the Edmonton Oilers. Today, uh, we've got here on Facebook, Star says, why isn't Woodcroft playing our hot goalie? He keeps going back and forth, and Skinner didn't play well. Hard for me to blame Skinner in this one. A couple power play goals, that shorty at the end, I mean, just no chance. And back-to-back -back games, very rarely are you going to see a coach play the same goalie in two straight games, or two straight nights, so... Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not exactly. going to blame them on that one. I mean, it happened earlier in the year, and I can't, I think it was uh, Stuart Skinner. No, it was Jack Cameron who had to play back-to-back -back nights. Yeah. Um, but that's because Stuart Skinner was sick, right? Um, 
you know, in instances like that, we'll see the the back-to-backs for some goaltenders. Uh, but yeah, it's not a not a very common move. Uh, and you know, we kind of use it a lot here for these the slow starts for the bad. It's happened a couple of times here on Oilers Nation after dark. Uh, today it took ten minutes to get the first shot on a power play. Uh, obviously, a, in hindsight, you know, chance it looks like they probably could have scored on that one. Didn't work out for them. But uh, another slow start. Uh, Heather says exactly not Skinner's fault. That's on Facebook. Well, let's hop over to YouTube, Zach. It, it the chat room as always going pretty crazy here. Hello, Darian, Owen, uh, Doctor Gonzo. We've got Twisted Chris, Larissa. So simply embarrassing. I, th- I thought that at a couple points throughout the game. Uh, Scott Aroni says, is Kirby Doc available? I don't think so. Uh, Dr. Gonzo, though, how about uh, Vinny versus Jack? I was nice to see. Otherwise, pretty ugly. Yeah, the, the man they call Wi-Fi. Uh, that was a good little tilt there. And I, I liked Vinny Darnay stepping up and, and going for that. Evander Kane trying to provide a spark there as well. Throwing some punches. I think Josh Anderson got involved. I, we were talking beforehand and Aaron had asked me, is there any clips we should grab? And that was literally the only thing that came to mind. I mean, dry settles 30th was okay. Great effort by Hyman. But other than that, I mean the, the scrum. Oh, and I think we have it. Here we go. Man, Aaron star producer here. This was like the highlight of the game for me, Zach. It was just nice to see a, a fight at least. And day the the massive man that he is throw a couple is a good little tilt there. Yeah, it was. It was a great little scrap. It felt like it's kind of been brewing for a little while here from Dayarnay, right? You know, you've seen him mixing it up in some of the scrums. You look at that Detroit game last week, there was, uh, you know, a couple of those guys that were, like, he was grabbing, like, two or three guys at one time, right? Um, you know, a little chippy last uh, yesterday morning against Ottawa. It felt like it was just a matter of time before we saw him kind of drop the mitts, and he did so in front of his friends and family, right? Of course, he's a He's a Quebec native, so I thought that was great to see. You know, for me as well, I thought that was kind of the highlight of the game. You know, you even look at a guy like Evander Kane, right? Like, when the Oilers brought him in, there was so much talk about Evander Kane being one of those guys who kind of drags players into games and drags them into the fight. And he quite literally did that today. And we got to see the way that it kind of changed the tempo that the Oilers played with. Now, granted, they couldn't figure out a way to solve Jake Allen, and they couldn't figure out how the hell to play defense today. But there was some change in the pace of play and the Oilers really did turn it on in the second half of that game. Of course, again, too little too late, but you know, those are kind of the things that you like to see from, from a guy like Evander Kane. And then same thing from Darnay, right? I mean, this is a guy I think that has firmly earned a spot on this roster uh, with the way that he's played. And now, you know, with so much talk about, you know, training for a defenseman, possibly the Oilers really have seven defensemen that are playing, you know, good hockey or decent enough hockey to deserve a spot in the lineup every night. Uh, it's going to make it really interesting these next couple of weeks. Yeah, as pointed out in the chat here, Jack, I uh, hurt the hand on on Vinny's head here, left the game. Um, as you were speaking, my lights fell and my flag fell. So <laughs> a microcosm of uh, of the Oilers game today. Nothing's, nothing's going well. I was battling with that flag for about 20 minutes before the show it just would not stand so that's okay uh down it goes so that's fine uh yeah some strangers says vinnie broke a hab a hab tyson jack i missed his punching hand Vinny is hard af and uh kato says would have been nice to get the win for Vinny in his hometown maybe that's just where he he's not going to win maybe everywhere else he will win but not in his hometown and they'll bounce back on wednesday that makes sense. I think the Oilers will win every game the rest of the way. Uh, that's that's what I think is going to happen. Uh, 
Quady, Quaddy, sorry. Uh, so so many bad habits creeping in. Uh, the point streak was deceiving. There was a couple tough games in that point streak. Uh, Jason Strudwick said on the Gregor show actually on Friday, that I think he said the Oilers would probably lose one of these games. He was, uh, there was aspects of his game, of the Oilers game that he didn't like and thought this might happen. And I, I didn't think he was necessarily wrong on that one. I didn't think it'd be this game and in that fashion. Like there was just... They look like a team that played two two games in two days with travel included. Like the the fatigue was there. Just the energy seemed low from the start. Did you see that? Oh, absolutely. Like right off the opening face off, the Oilers felt very sluggish. Um, you know, Montreal played yesterday too. So there was really no excuse for the Oilers to kind of turn in such a lazy, pathetic performance the way that they did. You know, it's funny that uh, Struddy mentioned that because I was actually DMing with somebody who covers the Oilers uh, last night and they said the same thing to me. Uh, they're like, you know, it feels like the Oilers are going to lose one of these games coming up here. And I thought that they would be able to handle Montreal here and, you know, Detroit on, on Wednesday. And then, you know, maybe drop the two against the Rangers and the Avalanche that are sort of coming up here. Didn't quite expect such a performance like this. But, you know what, at the end of the day, like, this is an Oilers team that's really still playing good hockey. I tweeted about it after the game. This is the first time in a month, in a calendar month, the Oilers have lost a game in regulation. They had an 11-game point streak. They went 9-0-2, securing 20 standings points, outscoring their opponents 52-26. to Like, that's that's an incredible run of hockey. Um, opponents be damned. The Oilers played some really good games through this stretch here. In the grand scheme of things, I'm, I'm not overly concerned about this game. Like, would you like to have seen them put in a better performance? Of course. Um, but at the end of the day, these kind of games, are they're, they're going to happen throughout the season. It's an 82-game season, right? There's there's teams that put up stink. Every team puts up stinkers now and then, right? Um, was it frustrating? Was it a, a crappy way to start off a Sunday? Yes, absolutely. Um, but at the end of the day, the Oilers have to turn the page quickly because they're going to have a tough game against Detroit coming up here on Wednesday. Like, this is going to be a really tough, tough game for them. Um, you know, a little four-game road trip here. I thought the Oilers played decent enough throughout it. You know, they're going to get Monday off, back practice on Tuesday, and it's a game day on Wednesday, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens because you look at how chippy that game was last week. I wouldn't be surprised to see any of that carry over. Yeah, and you know what? I'm I'm totally in agreement with you there, and that might be the best thing for this group, right? Getting into a emotional game against Detroit where some of that stuff does carry over. I don't try to put too much focus on one game you know if you have one bad game so like you said it's an 82 game season that's going to happen you just don't let it snowball and just like one good game you give one good game if you lose the next three who cares right i look at it in kind of portions and maybe four or five six games how's the team playing and if you know the oilers are to go on a run here and win the next three then this one doesn't seem quite as important but they come out on wednesday and give a similar effort which i don't expect them to i expect them to bounce back and it's a little bit less concerning. Uh, some stranger says, Connor, you look like you just woke up. Zach, these early games are tough for me. I typically, Monday to Friday, don't work till 2. So when yeah. I have to get up and then go into the station for pregame shows at, you know, we start at 9, I'm there at 8. Like, I am fading. So we're, we're trying to get through this one today. And, and there's another couple games this early. Uh, a bit of a struggle. Uh, we're going to bring up the goaltending here. And uh, it pointed out to us by our producer extraordinaire Aaron Bordado saying that in the chat, we got some people mentioning Stuart Skinner. Um, I mean, I don't blame this one on him. Uh, you know, six goals against 
doesn't help your uh, your GAA, your save percentage in this one. Obviously, right now or today, he was 800, not great, but two power play that shorty, like we mentioned, he just was left hanging. Any concern in his game, not just today, but maybe the last week or so? I think maybe in a general sense, yeah. I, I can't really delve into like super specifics here about it, but it does feel like his game has sort of regressed a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Uh, Brian Swain, actually, of the Edmonton Elks, tweeted out today, uh, since January 1st, in the nine games started by Jack Campbell, the Oilers have nine wins. In the seven games started by Stuart Skinner, the Oilers have one win. Um, now, say what you will about that. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think Stuart Skinner is playing bad hockey at all, um, but I do think there's probably a little bit of regression in this game, and that's okay. Um, that's going to happen throughout the course of a season, right? Like, we look back at the way that Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen were, and in terms of being streaky goaltenders, you know, one always was able to find a way to lift the other up when their game was down and vice versa. And I think that's exactly what's kind of happened here. Like Stuart Skinner carried a huge load through the first half of the season. Like I, I it was, it was a massive performance from him enough to, to get him voted into an all-star game. Right. Um, you know, to see Jack Campbell coming in and playing as well as he is, I think is really reassuring for the big picture. And, and Skinner will find his game uh, again, same sort of a thing. I'm, I'm not overly concerned with a, a bad performance or two, but like you mentioned, hopefully it doesn't, uh, doesn't snowball into anything worse. Yeah. And I, I feel like, you know, you'd have to put it in there. Stuart Skinner is still extremely young, 24 years old, uh, going back and just looking the most games he's ever played in and a single NHL season, 43 or 47 split between the East coast and the AHL back in 2018, 2019. He's at 31 this year, I believe, or 30 starts. So I don't know if fatigue becomes a factor, maybe a little bit of rust because he hasn't played quite as much as he had before. So I, I guess if you want to be critical of him as of late, sure. You know, there could be some questions asked, but for today, I don't necessarily put that one on him. When your team scores only two goals against a team like Montreal with the the roster concerns that they have right now, and then, you know, kind of leave him hanging at certain points. I Personally, I don't put this one on him, but I get that there might be some concern from other people. And like you said, uh, you get to have Jack Campbell, who has elevated his game as of late and is playing a lot better. Uh, Corey says Skinner was garbage. We've got uh, Jazz saying one thing to lose the game fair and square, but don't let the team embarrass you in the process. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Real deal prime. Who is in net? Six goals to Montreal. My goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Cato, caffeine, man's true best friend. Am I right? Yeah, caffeine uh, definitely gets us through uh, quite a few of those. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the chat here, Zach, you know, people – quick to point out the numbers would say that Skinner's game has gone down and maybe with less starts, maybe finds his track again. But I guess the good news is Jack, you got Jack Campbell, you paid him to be your number one and it looks like he's kind of found that form. Thank God. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that's what the Oilers paid him to do. Right. Like we've known it's about Jack Campbell too. Like we've known in the past that he's a streaky goaltender. He doesn't really have a massive resume in any sense of the term as a starter in the NHL. And when you look back to his time in Toronto, you know, you ask anybody out there and, and Campbell was a very streaky goaltender at best. Right. So, you know, he's clearly on a, a bit of a burner right now and wouldn't surprise me to see him fizzle out a little bit in a couple of weeks. And then, you know, Stuart Skinner heat back up and take the reins over in net. And 
you know, maybe he fizzles out towards the end of the year and Campbell gets hot for a playoff run or, you know, like who, who knows exactly how it's going to break down. But like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty content right now with where the Oilers school tending situation is sitting. And that's probably one of the first times that, you know, been able to say that for a very, very long time here. Um, the Oilers have had some real difficulties in net over the last number of years, you know, last decade or so. And it, it feels like we have the most stable tandem that we've maybe had in a very long time. JCVL management. I don't feel bad for Skinner's soft goals. All-star goalies are supposed to steal games. This, uh, this all-star game. I don't know. I mean, he's how many games has he stolen for the Oilers in the first half of the year? Right. Connor. I mean, really like Skinner stood on his head multiple times in one games that the Oilers did not deserve. So I think it's a little short-sighted to, to kind of like lay the blame of this one at Stuart Skinner's feet uh, because the team in front of him played horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the all-star process right now is not the the best format in my opinion. So there's a lot of guys who are all-stars. So I don't know how deserving they are. Stuart Skinner in this situation playing in a con or in the Pacific, I feel like, you know, voting him in made sense, but I don't know that I, with the new all-star format, there's certain guys who I'm like, yeah, we're technically they're an all-star, but that doesn't mean you're an elite player. Uh, thank you for all the birthday wishes. You're all, all too kind. Hey, uh, happy I, birthday, Connor. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, we go into my parents' house to watch the Super Bowl later on and uh, relax and enjoy it. Um, now, here's one. And this is, I think, is a fair one because I, I got to find it. But the name Evan Bouchard was brought up. And I uh, noticed he, he got a little more time on the power play one there. Uh, what did you make of Evan Bouchard's play today, Zach? Yeah, I thought he had a tough game. I, I mean, in one sense of the term, I thought he had a tough game. You know, you, you look at the power play goal or the shorthanded goal, he got just totally outworked there, right? But in the same breath, you know, Evan Bouchard had two assists today. He... He had assists on, on both of the Oilers' goals, um, which is good to see because Bouchard's a guy who hasn't scored a whole lot as of late. He hasn't really done a whole lot offensively. Um, you know, I hate to single guys out in a game like this. I really do, right? Because I think if you look up and down the lineup, I don't think anybody had a really great day. Like McDav- McDavid was firing on all cylinders, but he always is. You know, Dreisaitl, he had a, you know, lazy play on that one um, goal against as well, too. So, you know, I, I have a real difficult time singling guys out in games like this. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's fair. I mean, Bouchard, uh, Quincy, T.T. Rabbits has had a horrible game. Trade him, LOL. You can't trade him after a bad game, Quincy. The trade value, the trade value. Remember, it's going to go down, but... We'll see what happens with that one. I know Jacob Chikrin being a, a scratch last night had everybody freaking out that maybe a trade would be happening. Maybe the Oilers, maybe the Kings. Yeah, you're right, Zach. I mean, it, it is tough. He had, a, he had a rough game, and I guess similar to what I said about the team's overall play. If that continues and keeps happening, then I feel like he can kind of make a bigger deal of it. If he bounces back with a strong performance, uh, then we'll see. But there's going to be ups and downs. He's still a relatively young defenseman, kind of finding his groove in the NHL. Uh, just uh, checking here. We do have a final now. Seattle defeats Philly. So going to the standings now, assuming it's updated, but it probably isn't. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers and Seattle Kraken now tied. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. My internet sucks, Zach. I apologize. Tied with 65 points, but the Oilers do have a game in hand. So the Oilers sitting in third in the Pacific, crack in second, Vegas first, and Vegas looks to take a... Uh, I guess it'll be a three-point jump over the Oilers with a win today. They currently lead one nothing. Uh, man, this division—it's—it's it's going to be fun. I started the year 100% had the Oilers winning the division. I still think there is a good opportunity for that. I thought Vegas might have some issues with the goaltending with the Kraken. I—we keep saying they're going to fall off, but they're—they're they're hanging around midway through February. Well, you know what? We talked about this on, on one of these After Darks a while back, Connor. Like, I, I think Seattle's a legit team. I really do. Um, I, there's some question marks there for sure. I don't think their goaltending is going to be strong enough to, to hold them through, you know, maybe more than a round of playoff hockey. Um, they definitely have some inefficiencies, inefficiencies uh, you know, throughout their roster. But they're a really, really tight defensive team. And, and they've got some guys now that can put up some offense. You know, Jaden Schwartz. Just came back from injury. He had two goals today. Um, a big performance from him, right? You know, Maddie Beniers, Jordan Everly, Jared McCann, you know, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Andre Burakovsky when he's healthy. Um, there's some guys that can really produce offense there. Are they the elite talents of the NHL? No, definitely not. But, you know, when you pile up eight secondary scores into a, a, a top six or a top nine, you know, they're still able to get some offensive contributions on a regular basis there. So, like I said, I don't think they got the dogs to be able to get them, you know, through maybe a round of playoffs right now. Um, but they're a team that's going to hang around all all season here the rest of the way. You know, I, and again, I go back to this last, you know, 11-game run that the Oilers have had here. Like, you take a look. They got 65 standing points. They firmly entrenched themselves in this race in the Pacific Division in, in an insanely tight insanely tight wild card race right now too like think of the oilers when like you know at like a 600 points percentage 
you know, through this last stretch of time here. Like all of a sudden they'd be sitting where the Calgary Flames are, you know, with 60 points on the outside kind of looking in. And granted, there's a lot that can change in this in, in the next couple of weeks here uh, and a couple of months as we kind of go towards the end of this season. But man, the Oilers really, really got themselves in a good position over this last month. And I don't think that should be overlooked in, in any sense of the term. Uh, it was brought up on the YouTube chat. Sorry, I, I don't have it up right now, but uh, the Oilers power play as of late. And uh, I guess, you know, Drysaddle's goal today technically was on the power play. Uh, went one for five against the Sens. It was Nuge at the end of the game with the power play goal. So the game was kind of out of hand. Um, if you go to the game against the Philadelphia Flyers where they lost 2-1 in a shootout, no power plays had there. So I uh, didn't really get a chance to find their groove in that one. And then you go back to Tuesday, the Oilers power play was one for four and it was Nugent Hopkins on the power play. Um, I was a little frustrated watching the Oilers power play today, especially on the five on three. It felt like they were at times trying to be a little too cute, dusting the puck off a little bit too much. Uh, what have you thought of the power play as of late? Obviously on the season, fantastic, but it seems like they, uh, they are slowing down a little bit. Yeah, again, it feels like they've hit a bit of a rough streak here, a little bit of a rough patch. You know, I did notice that Evan Bouchard was getting some time on the power play, uh, you know, as well with some of the big guys. So, you know, maybe they were all feeling a little different having Evan Bouchard out there uh, rather than Tyson Berry or something of the ilk. Um, I think in a game like this where you're chasing the game, sometimes these players try and do a little bit too much. And I think the power play is a great example of that, right? Um, you know, you just look at the fact that they were trying to dust those pucks off when they really should be just getting those pucks on net quickly um, and, and trying to produce offense that way. You know, sometimes they'll try and be a little bit too pretty. That's something that's kind of plagued this team in the past a little bit. But, hey, you know what? Again, um, in a microcosm, in a vacuum, one, two, three games here you know, where they're struggling a little bit, you know, not overly surprising, not overly concerning either at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely noticed uh... – Bouchard out there on the power play. He actually, amongst defensemen, had the most. Five minutes, 42 seconds. Uh, Tyson Berry got out there for four and a half. And then Darnell Nurse out there for two uh, for the Oilers. It was the usual suspects. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, Nuge, Hyman all playing around eight minutes on the power play. So they had their opportunities in this game. I mean, the refs were calling them, um, you know, obviously giving them the five on three there with the, the hook on McDavid. Just uh, couldn't find a way to get it done. What did you, you know... We should give a little credit to the other side. What did you make of Jake Allen today? Because it looked like he was pretty locked in in this one. Electric. Like, just he seemed to have a great performance. Um, this feels like it feels like he did this to us earlier in the year, too, where he had like a really great game and kind of shut the others down. Um, you know, good for him, man. He's, he's a guy who's been around for a long time. And, you know, it's tough to be a team or tough to be a goaltender for a team like the Canadians right now who, you know, bleed defensively so much. And, and hang him out to dry, but man, he really uh, he really turned it on with a nice performance. And you look at the score, and it shows, right? Uh, the last time these two teams met, Oilers victorious five three in that one. So the Oilers did get the be- the best of him in that night, but uh, yeah, five three in that one. Uh, let's hop over back to the old YouTube chat here. Fifty four of you in there, hit that like button. We got to get everyone to hit the like button. It's not that hard. I can do it from my phone. Zach, I'm sure you could probably do it quite easily. So there's no reason we shouldn't have 54 likes right now. We're only at 15. Math tells me that's like under 30%. 
I think so. <laughs> well under. Make sure you hit that like button on the old YouTube chat. Um, some stranger says even PK was horrendous today. Yeah, I mean, there was, wasn't too much good. Uh, Cato says, is it me or is Connor going back to a first pass mentality lately? I mean, I, there was a few opportunities I thought on the power play where the, the shot didn't even seem to cross his mind. It looked like he was trying to find kind of that that teammate wide open for a tap in. I think he's extremely dangerous when he decides to to shoot the puck and and look for the shot first. But I can see it. I don't know for sure, but I, I can see why you would see that. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, again, it comes back to you know some guys just trying to do a little bit too much, and and that's something that Connor McDavid, as incredible as he is. Um, sort of struggles with sometimes, right? Is sometimes he does try and do a little bit too much uh, with the puck on his stick and, and without it too. And you know, sometimes the easiest, sometimes the simplest play is just taking a shot on net instead of trying to find, you know, that stretch seam pass or that guy on the back door or something like that. Because you know, we've seen how many goals the Oilers have scored in front of the net this year in those sort of chaos situations. Look what it's what exactly what happened on Leon Drysaddle's goal, right? Um, so it's, it's the same thing with, uh, whose goal was it yesterday where Anton Forsberg got hurt? I can't remember. Um, same sort of a thing. Now, unfortunately the outcome for Anton Forsberg there was a double MCL tear, which is absolutely wild to wild to hear. Um, but you know what, you got to get those pucks on net and it's super cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. Yeah, that was the newest goal at the end, the power play goal they had where Forsberg right. lay in there, torn AC, torn MCLs, nothing he can do. And uh, yeah, I guess when the stretcher came out, I kind of thought like, what happened? This has to be something major. And Zach Hyman talked about it, said he could kind of saw the look in his eyes like something's wrong. So two MCLs, that's, uh, uh, yeah, that's certainly a tough one. Uh, Ricky says, soup going forward, Stu is the backup. That's how this is setting up. And I think that would have been kind of the plan. Ken Holland said at the start of the year, there was that kind of envisioning 50-30 type thing. Uh, Skinner already at 30, so maybe you're starting to see Jack Campbell kind of handle the reins here. Quincy says, teams with nothing to lose are dangerous. 100%, like down 10 regulars. They, You, you knew the Montreal Canadiens have a lot of players on their team that are fighting for, you know, maybe not even a roster spot next year, but with like other teams, right? You just want to show that you can play capably, and they did so today. The, the effort from the Montreal Canadiens was far superior than the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, hopping back onto YouTube, Clem was missed. Any update on Clem? No. Stuart, I mean, Jay Woodcroft said before the game when he was asked about it, We'll see who comes out for warm-ups. And I've kind of said before, this guy's a football coach coaching hockey. Like, he keeps it very tight to the chest. He's not going to say anything. We talked about it yesterday on Oilers Nation After Dark as well, that, you know, you're probably not going to hear much about it until Tuesday, Wednesday, because there's no reason to. I saw some people already speculating that the LTIR could come at an opportune time. With that, he'd be out 10 games, so... We'll see, but uh, left the game. He he's a tough character to see him leave the game like he did last game last afternoon yesterday. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a good sight, Zach. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was it was a tough one, right? It was an awkward play. Kind of goes on the board hard. You know, you can't help but think, you know, a shoulder immediately, right? Um, yeah. So you know, hopefully it's nothing too serious for him, and you know he's able to draw back in the lineup here pretty soon. But yeah, we we won't hear anything from him till till Tuesday. Uh, Cyril, see, so, man, I butcher so many names. I get in my own head here. Cyril says, how many points do you project to make the top three? I would assume that's in the Pacific. Well, 
I don't know, Zach. I mean, what what do you think? We're at game fifty four now. Um, Vegas, well, assuming they win today, will be at fifty four games played and sixty eight points. Uh, assuming they win, sorry. So, I mean. You, yeah, you it's going to be tight. I mean, you take a look at it, and, and typically the cutoff line usually for the playoffs is, is what is it, around 95 points, you know, that sort of a thing. I'm just trying to bring up some projections here really quickly, and I cannot seem to find – I'm looking for it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so it appears the cutoff line for the playoffs in the Pacific, uh, according to HockeyViz.com, is sitting at 93.7 points right now. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are projected with 99 points. The Oilers are projected with 98 uh, coming into today. So it looks like it's going to be right around that 100-point mark um, for those top three spots in the division. And, you know, the Oilers are, are tracking right now, at the very least, uh, to be right in the mix there. Uh, some stranger says, Clean, it doesn't open much cap space. That is true. Darian says, these players need to play like they all could lose their spot at any time. I agree. That would that'd be nice, you know, these games are the most frustrating for me because there's some things you can't control, right? Sometimes the puck's not going to go your way. Things just won't happen, but you can control your effort level. You can, you can do things to try to make it work out. And it didn't really seem like it was going on today. One thing, uh, you know, you can control hypothetically, your M truck brought it up yesterday. If you want to go on the nation vacation to Toronto, I mean, that could be a lot of fun. You can have a classy experience up in a box suite, uh, Oilers Leafs game, a couple nights out in Toronto, and uh, AMA travel is the way to do that. Nationgear.com. We go there. I think there might be a couple open spots. Your M Chuck said it yesterday, so I'm just going to echo his statement. But uh, AMA travel doing some fantastic stuff. We talked about it a little bit earlier on uh, today. If you were to throw some money down on Betway, if you were going Oilers heavy, probably not too many points. Maybe at a dry settle goal or a Darnell nurse point. I think that was paying out pretty decent. Uh, or you took the over. Or you took the over. Then then you got there. But otherwise, you'd probably have to be betting some money on the Montreal Canadiens. But check out Betway for that, 19+. Plus, and bet responsibly. Uh, why don't we bring in our producer, Aaron Bordado. He... Uh, well, you know, Aaron, it wasn't a very good game for the Oilers. You can see it in the chat. There, there's some negativity going on. Yeah, it, uh, it's not a positive one today. No, certainly not. Uh, Frank on Facebook says, Boosh is not going to win you a cup, nor is Broberg. Trade both. Yes, I feel because like... trading young defensemen in their early 20s has worked out so well for the Evans Oilers. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. We traded away Petrie. He went to Montreal, played pretty well, helped get them to a cup final. I know it didn't go their way, but I thought he played a pretty good role there. What have you guys made of Philip Roberg over the last couple of weeks here? Because, you know, I think the consensus is starting to trend in the right direction. Yeah, I thought he's looked good. I think he's playing simple hockey right now and doing what the coaches are asking of him. Uh, you know, yes, he's playing against some soft competition. That's okay. That's not a bad thing. Somebody has to play against the third and fourth lines. And if we have a defenseman like Philip Roberg who can go out there and do it very effectively every night, uh, that's a good thing, right? You know, I think he plays a simple game, and I think that's kind of as, uh, the best that you can ask for him right now. You know, this is his rookie season in the NHL. He's still cutting his teeth, trying to find his way. Um, but I, I think he has looked good as of late for sure. Yeah, man, I think he's I think he's looked great. And the fact that you kind of said there, it's like sometimes you don't notice him for a young D-man on the Oilers playing, you know, con- considerable minutes. He's playing, you know, average minutes. 
I take that with a smile on my face and I love watching him out there. His plus minus, I believe, right, is just something ridiculous, which I mean, that can be that can be a skewed stat, but he's doing good things out there. He's never really the butt of the joke in the play, it seems like. And I am very excited to see what he continues to develop into in the coming years. Patience, patience. That's, patience. that's what I stress. Relax. Well, it's one game. Let's let's see how it plays out a little bit further. Uh, Jesse on Facebook, where was Costin? Costin uh, had the upper body injury yesterday, left the games, and uh, Jay Woodcroft doesn't give us much. So he was uh, not available to play. Uh, some strangers just broke playing well. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought his game has been getting better gradually, the way it should. He's he's not going to hit the ice and be Kale McCarr. A few guys can do what Kale McCarr does in such an immediate impact. Uh, give it some time. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, guys, the Oilers off until Wednesday. We know they're going to hang out in Montreal, probably have a few beers, watch the Super Bowl today. So, uh We'll start with you, Zach. What's your plans for the Super Bowl? Uh, you know what? I'm going to just keep it simple. I'm hanging out at home here. Uh, I've got a bag of uh, chips and some artichoke and a soggy out dip. Uh, you know, might pour myself a little drink or two. Uh, just going to keep it simple. Enjoy the game. Uh, it's going to be a great one. What about you guys? Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. You're a Bears fan. Yes. Are they trading down? And how far do you think they trade down? Yes, they are. Tra- I think they have they better to trade, trade down. down. Full stop. I'm. Uh, it depends on the package, I suppose, because I think there's some great defensive players that are in the top end of this draft. You look at some of the defensive linemen, how impactful they can really be. But at the end of the day, this is a Chicago Bears team that has so many bloody holes to fill all over the roster. I think you can get an absolute haul for the first overall pick this year. You know, guys like C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young are right up there in the mix, uh, you know, for that top draft spot. I think there's going to be some desperate teams like I think of Vegas at number seven. They're not going to get Aaron Rodgers. They're not getting Tom Brady. I think about Carolina at nine. I think those are kind of the ideal trade partners uh, for something to shake out here. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty excited about it. If you couldn't tell, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens and, and what the Bears can do here. All right, Aaron. Uh, you told me your Super Bowl plans. They actually sound amazing. You've got a good friend. Yeah, I got a good buddy, and uh, he's got one of those. He got a nice new smoker. So today he is making Philly cheesesteaks, and he's been smoking all day some Kansas City rubbed brisket. That's been working on, and I'm gonna right when we finish this up, maybe uh, maybe clean myself up, get a shower, get a Caesar in me, and then uh, head on over there. I'm still fighting last night. I'm still fighting last night right now, so I got to get back into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I mean. Hair of the dog, right? Get a Caesar going, get get the blood flowing again. You got this, buddy. I believe in you. No oh, doubt yeah. in my yeah. mind that you're you're going to get back on track. Uh, one more here. Let's get to Frank. Uh, not in a great mood on Facebook. I do not see any other top-seeded team lose to so many bottom-seeded. Like the Oilers, embarrassing. Oilers have the easiest schedule compared to the others in our division and making it harder than it should be. Well, good teams lose to bad teams quite often. Uh, the Oilers are not a top-seeded team. They are third in their division right now, so it's not like they are a juggernaut. They're a good team, but I don't think they're a juggernaut. Those things are going to happen. They're not always going to be perfect. But I get it. Every once in a while, these things happen, and there should be some frustrated people out there. Darwin says, Lazy Leon needs to be sat when his effort is garbage. Not winning anything with that kind of back-checking and poor puck management. I saw it on the YouTube chat as well. What did you guys think? 
if uh, at one point Leon Drysdale rode the pine for a little bit. I mean, I don't think that's ever going to help you win putting Leon Drysdale on the bench. But sometimes when we know it from Leon, watched him for years. Sometimes his body language just doesn't just doesn't look right. It just doesn't look good. So maybe something like that. But I'm a firm believer that Leon on the ice, you're probably better off with him out there than on the bench. So. Yeah, it's the same thing like that we talked we talked about with Darnell Nurse. Like they're not sitting him. Like what? Like he's second in the league in scoring. Like does he have some nights? There's some days where he looks you know a little off or a little lazy or whatever you want to call it. Like sure, but like come on, like he's not sitting. Um, it's just some interesting news breaking right now. Yeah, uh, Nick Kiprios saying it sounds like Jacob Chikrin uh, could be heading to the LA Kings. A deal centered around Brant Clark. Uh, top defensive prospect taken a couple of years ago. Uh, Greg Wyshynski saying that uh, if the echo chamber is correct and Chikrin is likely headed to the Kings, um, it sounds like it could be two first-round picks and a prospect. So if it's two first-round picks and Brand Clark, that is a monumental haul uh, for the Arizona Coyotes. We'll see what happens. Uh, not really entirely sure how reliable Kiprios is as a, as a sort of insider, but uh, some interesting stuff nonetheless. Hmm. Well, so the eighth, really the eighth overall pick in last year's draft. He said that, I mean, if yeah. that's the return, that makes me feel very good that we didn't get in on that. That's too much for me. That's too much. Well, the, the comparable would be Philip Broberg, right? And two first round picks. Um, you know, in, in my eyes, I, I, I think it's reasonable for Chicker and I'm, I'm really, really high on him as a player. Um, I think personally at this time, if there's a shot to go get Eric Carlson though, um, and you can get him on a deal around $6 million. Like I was kind of playing around with the numbers a little bit. Like if the Oilers can get, if the Oilers can get San Jose to retain 20%, that's going to help keep the cost down, right? Like if they're not going to retain anything more than that, do you, are you able to find another team like Arizona or Columbus or somebody trying to get to the floor to take another 50%? Because if they would, then that takes uh, Carlson's cap in, to $4.6 million, which is the same as Jacob Chikrin's. I'd much rather have Eric Carlson at that than Jacob Chikrin right now, right? So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. It's uh, pretty wild to say the least that we're even talking about it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and that kind of, I don't want to say forces the hand of Ken Holland, but okay, a divisional opponent going all in to get a guy. Maybe yeah. you want to do the same and you have to try to find some creativity to make it work. Uh, your M-Check and I were talking about it yesterday on the show. And, uh, you know, we both kind of thought there's a lot of obstacles to make that happen. But if it were to happen, like that's video game stuff to have the potential of Eric Carlson, like finding McDavid for outlet passes. I'd, I'd enjoy watching that. I, every, we'd, all, we'd all love it. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? Connor and Leon and Carlson took shifts together in the all-star game. Like we got, we got a taste of it. Like you can't, like you got to imagine Connor and Leon are in his year there. Right. Like, so I, I, I don't know. I think it'd be unbelievable to see happen to say the least. Craig button was on the Gregor show on Friday and had a very passionate rant about, you know, this is the time. Don't worry about first round picks. 
go win now, add help McDavid and Dreisaitl. Maybe this could be the time. Uh, we shall see. Let us know very quickly on the chats. Who do you want to see? Do you, are you pissed if Carlson is a, is not going to be an oiler? Do you want to see him here? Are you mad that Chikrin's going to L.A.? And uh, we'll run through those very quickly. Uh, also, because we only asked, you know, what you're doing. Uh, Zach, who's winning the Super Bowl today? I'm going with the Eagles. I'm going with the Eagles. I I think they're both great teams. Mahomes is a magician. Um, but I look at the, the Philadelphia Eagles roster, and I just see a much more complete team. I think they're stronger defensively, and we always hear the saying, defense wins championships, right? Um, I think the Eagles have the strongest defense in the entire NFL, and I think it's, it's enough to hopefully suppress Mahomes and that Chiefs offense enough um, to allow Philly and, and their dogs to kind of do the work that they need to do. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I've been kind of going back and forth all week. I still haven't bet yet. I haven't put any money down. I'm going to wait till the last minute. But it's the age-old thing. It's you don't make money betting against Patrick Mahomes. Like if 20 years ago somebody told me that about Tom Brady and I would have just followed through, think of how many units I would be up right now. <laughs> so there's that. But Zach makes the, the point with the defense wins championships like – Mahomes was in the soupy a couple of years ago against the Bucks and got absolutely ragdolled by a really good defense, a subpar offensive line. Now, I think their line's better this year, but with that bum ankle and the Eagles has some dogs on that D-line over there, it, it could be the perfect storm for Patrick Mahomes, but I think I'm leaning towards the Chiefs just because I don't think you make money betting against that guy. Yeah, I mean, you, you you talk about that Super Bowl against the Bucks. That was like the reason this Chiefs offensive line was rebuilt, right? Because they got after him so well. Now, the, the real question is, guys, is where are you laying your money on first Rihanna song? I'm going to just jump in first. I think it's got to be Umbrella. I think that's the one you have to go with here. What, do you, what are you guys thinking? See, I think Umbrella's got to be like in the middle when it kind of hits a little low boom go down and pick it back up so that was where i thought i honestly don't know i mean i don't know too many rihanna songs she's run this town right maybe run this town oh that would be a good one that would actually be a really good one connor what about you you got any you got any uh picks well i think the best part for you aaron is that she's gonna perform and you're gonna be like oh this oh this one oh this one like i feel like you're gonna you know uh i actually i wrote them down run this town was one i like but i think diamonds as well i think she might start off a little bit slow maybe go acapella and then you know ramp it up a little bit love it we'll see though it's gonna be a fun one today uh yeah i mean i i really don't i i think you both made good points for each side like the eagles but Mahomes and Mahomes, you know, the Eagles haven't played a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes <laughs> this year. They've played some okay. They play, yeah, but they haven't played an MVP level or even a top three quarterback, in my opinion. So it'll be awesome to see. Okay, guys. Well, before we wrap up here, prediction for Wednesday when the Oilers take on the Red Wings. I'll start with you, Zach. Uh, I'm going to go with a 4 nothing victory, first shutout of the season. Nice. Aaron, what do you think? I like that optimism. Great. Now I'm going to bet shutout on Wednesday. Thanks, Zach. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with, we'll go with 4-2. And after the game the other, or this past week, I am very interested to see where the physicality gets going because it was starting to get a little heated. 
in the last game there for two teams who do not play each other very often. So I'll go 4-2. Maybe a fight. I love it. That would be great. I got 4-1. I got 4-1. I think Campbell gets back out there. Strong performance. Yeah, maybe we get an empty netter. That'd be cool too. But uh, guys, a lot of fun today. Uh, I was in a grumpy mood as you probably saw the good, the bad, the oily. It was pretty negative, but we talked it out. I'm feeling optimistic. It was just one game. And uh, hopefully the boys will bounce back on Wednesday. Big thank you to Cornerstone Insurance. Check them out, cornerstoneins.ca slash nation. Also, uh, AMA Travel and Betway. When Aaron makes his pick, he'll use Betway. And uh, maybe he'll let us know what his, uh, what his pick is on Twitter for the Super Bowl today. It's going to be a lot of fun. Guys, thank you for doing this. And uh, we'll be back Wednesday after the Oilers Red Wings. It's a 730 start, so it will be after dark once again. I'm Connor Halley. He's Zach Lang, Aaron Bernardo. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. See you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.